we're here with Drew Khan, uh, peak prospects legend, <laughs> uh, Mink League snub from the All-Star game. We'll get to that in a little bit, uh, but current Grandview University pitcher. And uh, man, it's good to see you. And, and let's uh, we'll just dive right into it. Um, this past summer, I think, was one of the best summer experiences for me personally as a coach um, or a player, really. It was one of the best summers that I've ever had. And uh, I think all the guys that, that we had on the squad would agree as well. Uh, large in large part, thanks to you and, and the energy that you brought and uh, kind of that, that calm demeanor that you bring to the mound as well. So um, put some notes down. Uh, the first thing I have on here is uh, how many times did you ask me, coach, what do I got to do to get on the pod? There was, there was a lot of times that I asked that question. Probably like, probably like 200. I would say like 200. At least 200. Multiple times a day. And so I said, I said, yeah, you got to do something cool, right? Um, Mm. That ranged from anywhere between uh, throwing a no hitter to, I don't know. I don't know what else it would have been, but uh, I want to ask you what you think the cool thing that you did uh, to earn this opportunity on the podcast today. I mean, I really don't know. I think uh, probably being St. Joe's dad, I would think. <laughs> You're on the right track. You're on the right track. You were you were so good against them. that th- This is a pretty good story. Uh, and we told you this after, I think, the third time you pitched against St. Joseph. Um, their manager – blew up your headshot and put it in their locker room. He posted it in their locker room, which to me is like the ultimate sign of you absolutely dominated them all summer. And uh, so that to me was the cool thing that you did. I think it's hilarious too, because after they did that, they still couldn't hit you. Um, (laughs) uh, But I mean, through three games, I recorded through three games of stats against them. Uh, they've won the mink league three years in a row. Like they got division one dudes up and down their lineup, um, mm-hmm. really good team, but through three games, you had 15 innings pitched eight hits, three earned runs, just five walks to 14 K's. Um, that what was it about pitching against St. Joe? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, you were good all summer, but was there something, you know, in that environment on a Friday night in front of two to 3000 fans that kind of got you going or. I think that had a big part in it. Just being able to throw in front of a bunch of people is pretty cool experience, but uh, yeah, I don't really know why I was so dominant against them. I think maybe I was just on those three, those three days. But I think, I think maybe it was the fact that uh, number one, you got the glasses on number two, you show up with an orange belt and yeah. red shoes when yeah, the team colors are black and yellow <laughs> and these, I mean, if I'm in the other dugout, I'm thinking like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, yeah. But man, to, to, to watch you perform the way you did against those guys was, it was really fun. And I think I learned a lot from you in terms of like, just the way you go about your business from before the game to in between innings, um, just like that calm demeanor that you have. So I want to go into that a little bit. Like what, what do you do to remain that 
like that calm, you know, in, in big moments too, you never really got away from that. Like what, what is it about? Is it something that you do outside of baseball that kind of keeps you that level headed or what is it? I don't really know. I think it's just mainly trying not to get too caught up in the moment, whatever it is. Just like try to stay relaxed, breathing, uh, conversations in the dugout get pretty fun. I don't know. It's just kind of staying calm and collective. Yeah. So you, I mean, you kind of have that, uh, that energy, you know, where it's just kind of a game, right? I mean, you want to do well, but, but at the same time, it's just something that you get to do for fun too. So how do you, how do you like find that balance, I guess, you know, between having fun and, and really being locked in when you need to be. I think it comes with, uh, age so i'm getting up there in age <laughs> but uh i think that is one of the big things like i kind of played a lot of college baseball so i know that you know things happen like errors happen mm-hmm. getting hit happens so kind of yeah. an experience thing right yeah yeah i hear you and I, I kind of feel the same way about uh how my career progressed too but um let's let's go into that then so you chose to go to a junior college out of high school so walk me through that process you're from illinois right yeah and so so how did you decide to go that route versus you know going to a four-year right away uh i went junior college because some of the four years i was getting offers from or talking to were wanting me to play football and baseball and i kind of just wanted to focus on baseball that's my favorite sport by far but uh i think i chose juco because i had a couple buddies on the team that i originally went to and they were saying it was a good experience and it was pretty fun places to build. So, so, uh, what, let's talk about what that kind of did for your development. You know, obviously you got to, I'm assuming you got to compete right away versus maybe sitting, sitting on the bench for a year or two. Yeah. Um, so how did that, how did that kind of help develop you into the picture that you are now? Well, I think like how I was talking about how, with age comes like knowledge that errors and hits and all that stuff's going to happen. Like as a freshman, I know I was the closer for my first college and that's obviously high stress situations whenever you're coming in one run lead against whoever. And uh, I think that really helped because back then I was horrible keeping calm. I was throwing tantrums on the mound and all that fun stuff, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, uh Yeah. I kind of lost track of my thought there, but. Well, no, it's, it all comes down to just like having more experience in those big moments where like you have to fail first before Mm -hmm. you really understand how to handle like failure, I guess, you know, you have to experience that. And um, I think if anybody, like at least on the team that, that we were with this past summer, if anybody showed that it, it was definitely you, you know, there, there are some weird things that happened. I remember it was, uh, uh, at St. Joe, what was it like Christmas in July, I think. Yeah. And, and they didn't schedule umpires. Yeah. Right. And so like, you're going through your whole normal warm up routine. Um, I think they already knew that they didn't have umpires and they just didn't tell us until about five minutes before the game started. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, what do we waited like an hour, I think before any umpires showed up and, and you basically had to go through that whole routine twice. Um, 
and uh, it did affect you like that. That was one of those, that was one of those things that I think it really actually got to you in terms of, you know, the way you started out, the first inning was kind of rough, but eventually you settled in, you know, I think there was probably some frustration. I think everybody was really frustrated about that. Um, but eventually you did, you did kind of battle through that and, and settle in a little bit. So, um, one of the weirder things that's ever happened, uh, on, to me, at least in my baseball experience, um, not necessarily the right thing. Uh, but I think we dealt with that pretty well, all things considered. So, um, I do want to talk about, I mentioned it at the beginning, um, for the record, I hope the mink league director is listening to this, you know, low probability there, but I hope he is the, it is an absolute shame that you did not make the all-star game. Okay. It, it, the biggest snub in mink league history by far, it's not even close. Um, we got your season stats here, 52 innings pitched 3.78 ERA, 54 Ks to 18 walks. Um, you know, beating the best team in the league. I think there's, I think we can all agree that St. Joe is the best team in the league. Uh, they've won it three years in a row, dominated them all year. And for some reason didn't get a spot in the all-star game. Uh, but what you did get and what you earned was a spot in the Northwoods league with the Duluth Huskies, uh, after our season had ended in July. So pretty cool experience. I'm sure. Um, I pulled up your stats there. It's 15 innings, 14 hits, three earned, three earned runs, eight Ks, seven walks, obviously against a little bit better competition, but what was that experience like for you? And did you expect to, to be in that situation? I didn't expect it at all. I actually started to shut down right after our season and then I uh, got a text from one of the Duluth coaches. So I obviously went out there cause that's a pretty cool experience that I've always wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, it was really fun. We uh, played pretty much every single day that I was up there. Mm -hmm. I remember they were telling me the day I got there, they were just getting back from the longest road trip they had all season. It was like eight hours or something like that. And uh, it was cool hanging out with, all, like, the D1 guys. Like, we had some Vanderbilt kids on the team. That was pretty sweet. They were talking to Enrique Bradfield. And I was like, that's crazy. Kind of crazy to yeah. bug out with guys who are friends with Enrique Bradfield, but yeah, it was pretty cool. The hitters were studs. I yeah, there was a lot of long at bats against mm -hmm. them. I was trying to throw everything by them, but it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. But yeah, well, and you're you're the kind of pitcher who's not like you're not a velocity dominant kind of guy, right? You, I don't know how many pitches you have. I would say like five or six, probably. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, but it, to me, it was like, you know, the way that you were able to get guys out all summer, like you have the strikeout numbers, you have the, the low batting average against and all, all the while you're, you're what mid mid eighties yeah. or so. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to hear from you and maybe this could help, you know, some, some pitchers who aren't necessarily velocity guys, um, what, like what have you learned over the past year or two with, you know, not being able to, to just blow it by guys, how have you learned to pitch that way? Like, what is it that that's helped you be so effective? Uh, I think just filling up the strike zone early and often really helps. Like getting that first pitch strike is huge and not falling behind because you can't rely on 93 coming in and 
not a lot of people mm-hmm. can work at it, whatever level you're at. But yeah, I mean, just working in off speed pitches in the zone is huge because those are tough to hit whenever they're moving. Mm-hmm. But, and that's that's what that's what I think you have found out too in the college game. If you can if you can consistently compete in the zone with like sometimes even just two pitches, you know, if you're consistent with those two, like most of the time you're going to be all right. And if you have three, that's even better. If you have four, no matter what they are, if they, you know, if they do different things, if you can be consistent in the zone, you're going to be really, really good at the college level. So in terms of, in terms of like becoming a strike thrower, is it like a mental thing or is it like experience repetition? Like how have you become so good at that? Cause a lot of young guys, they just, they struggle to just throw strikes, you know, even in uh, if it's like fall inner squad scrimmages, some guys really struggle with that. So what is it that's, that's helped you become better at that? I think it's just having like trust in your pitches and repetition, obviously, but like trusting that you can get this change up in the zone and he's not going to hit it 400 feet or, yeah, just getting ahead and throwing strikes. I don't know. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, man. I mean, it, that, that's what I appreciate about about you is, like, you, you really keep things simple, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't let things get too complicated, and that's why I think you're so good in, in big moments. But um, that kind of leads me into my next question. Are you the most chill pitcher in all of college baseball? I don't know about the most chill pitcher. But I, I would think I'm pretty chill for up there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a on your glove? What what does it say on your glove? Says just keep living from uh, Matthew. Yeah. So why don't you why don't you dive into that and how it connects to to the baseball side of things? Well, I just kind of have it on there just to remind me that like baseball is a game. Uh, There's a lot of more important things that people go through other than giving up a home run or blowing a lead. Like it's supposed to be fun. So like just have fun while you're out there for as long as you can. Absolutely, man. So, and you kind of, you kind of already answered this as well, but you know, what do you attribute your success to? I know that's kind of a general question, but like think about from, you know, from little league up to, to where you are now, what do you think has, has contributed to, to being successful at the college level? Um, I would say probably failure. Like I've failed quite a bit in baseball, but like once you fail once, it builds you or whatever. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. That's saying. But uh, yeah, like I've failed in college before at my first junior college. Whenever I was a closer, I actually lost the role halfway through the season, but, and then lost my scholarship, which is pretty pretty tough but i like to think that that probably helped me like get a little chip on my shoulder to out there and show them that they shouldn't have dropped my scholarship but yeah yeah Yeah. well that's uh that i did not know about you so that's interesting but um it sounds like you know you've been able to to bounce back from some adverse situations so um no man I, i agree with you a lot of it comes down to experience but i guess the goal my goal for younger pitchers is to like accelerate that process, but Mm. I'm not, I mean, there's no substitute for experience. Right. So a lot of it is based on that, but um, I appreciate you sharing that with us too. So 
Um, so in terms of your, you know, we, we've kind of touched on the mindset, your training methods, like you're just keep living your mantra, like what, what got you into that? Or like, have you always been that way? Um, you know, in terms of your mindset, do you like, do you read books or do you just like, are you just kind of, you just kind of living in the moment? Kind of living in the moment. Uh, I follow a guy named Robbie Rowland on Instagram. He talks about breathing and a bunch of his things. So I kind of dove into that a little bit and I feel like I perform better whenever I'm calm. So breathing helps like breathing techniques and stuff like that. Sure. But, yeah. And do you, do you use that like outside of baseball too? Um, yeah, I try to use that as much as possible, like for tests and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. tests are tough sometimes. So you gotta just keep living, I guess. I hear you, man. Well, that's no, that's good. And, um, really I, I, want to, I want to get your thoughts on this, like advice for younger pitchers who are just beginning their college careers. Cause you've talked a lot about your experience and, and how you've kind of bounced back from some tough things, losing that scholarship. So, you know, if say, for example, you have a freshman pitcher who's, you know, probably not going to get a ton of innings, uh, in their first college season, what advice would you have for, for a kid like that? I would just have them, you know, focus on building, uh, get confident with their pitches, uh, be able to deal with giving up hits and stuff like that, because everyone in college was a stud at their high school. Like everyone was the top guy and now they're all a bunch of another, a bunch of, more top guys from their high schools and stuff like that. So you just got to be able to deal with adversity as much as possible, like get into tough situations and try to get out of them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, okay. I'll add in another question here at the end. Um, I don't necessarily, we never really got into uh, like what you want to do outside of baseball when baseball is, is done with, but you know, a lot of the times I, I tell guys that you should, you need to have a purpose outside of baseball. Like if baseball is your only thing, then you're going to really struggle when it's over. Um, so I'm curious as in your case, uh, what, what is it outside of baseball that really keeps you going? Like what's, what's kind of that purpose for you? Um, I really, I don't know. I'm, I was going to coach whenever I'm done with baseball, but I don't, yeah, that's not good. I don't really have one. (laughs) Well, and part of that is like what I appreciate about you maybe not having an answer there is like, you are so in the moment, you know, like Mm -hmm. there, there's something to be said about like, yeah, you gotta, you know, have it figured out and and know what you're going to do. But I mean, you know, I'm almost 30 and I still don't have it figured out. So, um, I appreciate that aspect of you just being in the moment and, and, uh, being confident in who you are and, um, you know, being consistent with who you are as a baseball player, but also outside of baseball. So, um, I don't have any other questions for you. Do you have any other questions for me? Well, I just want to know how, or coaching over at Earl Hims gone or that I said yeah. yeah, the H is silent. Earl oh, okay. Earlham. Earlham. 
the oh, HN wow. almost the A is almost silent too, but yeah. it's good, man. It's um I I feel really lucky to be here. The uh the coaching staff that that I'm surrounded with is top of the line. I mean, you know, day in and day out, uh, they, they put their best effort forth and, and never stop learning. So, um, it's a little bit different than, than where I was last year, but, um, appreciative, appreciative for that experience as well. Unfortunately, won't be able to come back to the prospects next summer. So I don't know what your plans are. Are you planning to pitch for them again? I don't know yet. We're still up in the air for what's next summer, but we'll Fair see. Enough. Fair enough. Well, hopefully yeah. you can get back in, uh, maybe back into the Northwoods League and and see what happens from there. That would be pretty cool for you. Yeah. You got anything else for me? Uh, I don't think so. All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you getting on this uh, for us and uh, giving us a little bit of insight into – you know, how to, how to become a, a more calm pitcher, a better pitcher, um, all those things. I think you, you are, uh, you know, you're a really good role model for, for younger pitchers, uh, in the college game. So, um, really grateful for, uh, the opportunity to, to coach you and be on the team with you this past summer, man. I had a ton of fun with that and, um, I'm looking forward to following along, uh, you guys this spring, you and Rocky. And Craven yeah. too, and Craven yeah. he'll be in there too. Yeah. So hopefully you guys are are gearing up and, and I'll have a good season there. Well, thank you too. Absolutely, man. We'll be in touch, right? Yeah. All right, Drew. Thanks, man. Bye.